Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. We've been doing a series on purpose of prayer and fasting and really the purpose of our life, you know, bottom line. Um, and so, so we just want to talk a little bit and just to, to really focus on being fruitful today. Um, you know, God has a purpose. I mean, he creates everything he does is with a purpose. There's no accidents. You weren't, uh, you weren't an accident. You were born with a specific purpose that God designed for you. And um, if you have your Bibles, if you can turn to Proverbs chapter 19 or in your phone, however you want to look um, at that, Proverbs 19, verses 21. Proverbs 19, 21. I'll give you a couple minutes to turn to that. It says, it says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You know, we all make plans for our lives. There's many plans that we have. We want to maybe have a great job or, you know, get married and have kids one day to, to be successful. We all have plans in our lives, but it is God's plan that will stand and that will stand the test of time. And so, so we're going to talk about that this morning and really understand purpose is defined as a reason for which something is done created or for which something exists. God, God didn't create you just to exist and to, and to suck oxygen on this planet, but he created you with a purpose in mind. And the sooner you can get a hold of that and, and apply that to your life, I'm telling you what, the more fulfillment you're gonna find. Number one question many people ask, well, I should say one of the top questions people ask is what's my purpose? Why am I here? I get young people all the time asking me that. How do I find my purpose? How do I find, you know, what God's called me to do? And we all ask that question because you know what? We want to be significant. We want to be significant in this world. And I remember several years ago is um, is actually ten years, almost to the uh, almost ten years ago. I I got diagnosed with cancer, which is uh, one of the worst days of my life and. Um, and then, um, and so I had a, uh, one of the doctors, uh, so I had two opinions. One of the doctors said, if you don't do anything, you have a month to live. And I remember that moment thinking, has my life really mattered? Has my life really mattered? And I began to think about that. You know, I haven't written a book. I'm not the best communicator. I'm not, I can't sing, I can't lead worship. I'm not gonna be able to make an album one day. <laughs> I wish I could. I think I have a talent, but I don't. Is my life, has my life really made a difference? And, and the, one, of the, one of the greatest treasures I had in that, in that season of my life was the phone calls I got and the text messages of saying how I changed someone's life. And it wasn't extravagant ways it was in ways we can all do. It was in ways that God has called us to do. And when we look at our lives and we think about our purpose, 
We are all valuable to this thing called life. And we're all called to be significant. And I believe today I'm going to motivate you and I'm going to help you to be more fruitful in your life. Amen? So, so we look at that, you know, the Bible talks about four, really four purposes of our lives. And Pastor Jude's been preaching on that. And, and he talked about our first purpose is to have relationship. Relationship. That's to know God. The greatest source to find out your fulfillment and your purpose in life is to have a solid relationship with Jesus. When you become a Christian, it's not just for you to go to heaven. That's called fire insurance. And that is not even living. You haven't even begun to live. You want to find real significance and fulfillment in your life? Cultivate that relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, he wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants to tell you things that will make your life so fulfilling. But it has to begin with you cultivating that relationship and to know him, to know how he thinks, to know how he sees you. We so many times will find our knowledge in and the outside of who God is. And that knowledge is only temporary. It will never satisfy you. But the more you know God, the more you can filter your life through knowing God, the better your life's gonna be. And so we have that purpose. The second purpose is to build character in our life. It's, it's to become like God. It's to, it's to as we know him and, he, and we allow him to shape us, we become more like God. And then, then our third purpose is we begin to lead with God. We begin to do what he's called us to do. But all that is so that we could be fruitful. Our, our fourth purpose is to be fruitful in this life. So I get to talk about that today, which is so exciting. And it's going to be so good. So our purpose from the beginning is to be fruitful with God and to be fruitful for God. And we're going to break that down today. You know, the opposites in life, you know, the opposite of fruitfulness is barrenness. And I think of, you know, you know maybe some barren areas in our life. Maybe you, you find your marriage is struggling and it's just like, well, it's not fruitful. It's just, it feels barren. It feels dry. Or maybe, maybe, um, maybe you're not satisfied with your job, or maybe you're in debt and you feel like we cannot seem to get ahead. There's barren areas of our life. Maybe we've been hurt and there's some bitterness and it's, it's, it sucks life out of you. And God has never intended for us to be barren. God intended for us to be fruitful. The enemy will try to make your life barren. He will try to discourage you. He will try to get you to pull back. He will, he will uh, try to get you to give up on your marriage. He's going to try everything he can to stop the fruitfulness of God in your life. Because that is his job, is to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life overflowing with goodness. That is God's plan. And we are going to find out today how we can be fruitful and be all that God has called us to be. So, so we're going to look at uh, several things. Number one, you need to know that you were made to be fruitful. Number two, you're going to bear fruit with God by abiding in him. And number three, you are going to bear fruit for God by loving others. So we're going to talk about those three things today. But first of all, you must know we were all created to be fruitful. 
We were all created to be fruitful. We're going to look at Genesis. If you can turn your Bible, Genesis 1, chapter 26 through 28. And as you turn, I'm going to just pray for this morning. God, we thank you for this opportunity to bring your word. God, we thank you that your word is living. And I pray this morning that, Lord, you will speak to each one of us. Holy Spirit, you will custom make this message for each individual person in this room. God, you've called them. You've anointed them. You have a plan for their life. And I pray this morning you would activate that within each one of us, that we would be and do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. So let's look at Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Let's say that, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. Say it again. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. When we look at this passage, you know, God created us in our image, in his likeness. He created male and female. So he created us as a human race. He didn't create animals in the image. He created us in his image. So in each one of us is a seed of the image of God. Each one of us is a seed of potential. And, um, and he commanded us, now I want you, the seed and the image I put inside of you, guess what I want you to do with it? Not just keep it for yourself. Not just think I'm so wonderful and great and I'm so godly and I'm so holy and righteous. No, that seed was intended to take root. It was intended to produce life in somebody else. So in God's creation, everything God created on the earth, do you know it had a seed in it? Fruit trees have seeds, animals have seeds. Um, there's a seed that God put, a seed, everything that is reproduced and multiplied begins with a seed. And in that seed is potential. There's a potential from one seed to produce an orchard of apples. From one apple seed, do you know that one apple seed, from that one apple seed, a tree is born. Many fruit come from that, and then from that comes an orchard. So the potential of a seed is so powerful, and God designed it to, to grow and to multiply. So in the human race, he said, now I want you to be fruitful, and I want you to multiply. What we think of that, of course, he wants us to produce children. And Michael and Gabby and Keel and Steve, they have taken this serious. They each, I mean, they keep, multi I think they're going to have more kids. Are you guys going to have more? Seven? Come on, let's go for it. I mean, they've got like, they are multiplying this church. I mean, single-handedly through the children they are producing. And, and I think of, you know, so yes, there's a natural fruitfulness. There's a natural multiplication. I think of, of, of my husband and we had three boys. Now we have four grandchildren with a fifth one on the way and it keeps growing and keeps multiplying. Of course, we're going to populate the earth, right? That, that's God's intention. He wants us to reproduce 
after our own kind. So even as a parent, when you look at the purpose of man, uh, uh, the purpose is to, okay, we want our kids to know God through relationship. We want to, we want to build character in them. That's so, you know, through, um, uh, through uh, them being obedient. And then, and then we want to teach them to lead. And then we want to teach them to be productive in society. And so you can apply these fourfold purpose of man, even as you're raising your children. But there is a potential within each side of us. And so first of all, we are to populate the earth. Okay, we're going to do that together. But we also are supposed to populate in the spirit. We are spiritual sons and daughters of God. So, so that reproduction process is not just in the natural, it is also in the spiritual. We are to produce the image of God within other people. And so that was God's intention. So, so we look at this verse in Genesis, this was before Adam and Eve sinned. Do you know that? When he said, be fruitful and multiply. So his intention was us to, to, to take the image that he put with inside of us to reproduce that in other people. But what happened, sin came into the world. Adam and Eve sinned. And guess what ended up happening? They ate from the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They would ate from the tree of life. They would have lived forever and that image of God would never have been marred. But because they ate from the knowledge of good and evil, they decided to take matters into their own hand. And sin began to take root in their heart. And that seed of sin began to multiply from generation to generation. And the image of God became marred through sin of man. But guess what? I have good news for you. God had a plan all along. Because he knew what we were going to do. But guess what he did? His purpose of that seed going back to Genesis, he sent his son, the perfect image of God, to come and redeem our lives and to remove that sin. And, and he sent his only son that he could reverse that, that we can again produce the life of God in others. Isn't that a great news today? that Jesus paid the price and restored the image that was meant to be re reproduced and we can then again reproduce the life of God in others. You know, there's a New Testament commissioning and Jesus, um, when he came to the earth, his, his whole purpose was to come to the cross to restore back what sin had taken from us. And so, so we look at, um, we're going to look in Genesis, um, John 15. If you want to turn your Bible, we're going to look at some scriptures here in John 15. Um, and Jesus in these, he, Jesus begins to give us instructions. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And these are, this is hours before he's going to go to the cross. He's preparing his disciples for the job at hand. He's preparing his disciples for when he goes away, when he dies on the cross and he rises and he rises from the dead and he's now living at the right hand of Father. But he has, he said, I must go away that you can then now be my hands and feet. You can then now reproduce life in me. So, so he gives us some instruction uh, hours before he goes to the cross and he begins to tell us what our purpose is. He begins to commission us in the New Testament. So, so I want you to look at John 15, 16. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I appointed you 
that you should what? Go and bear fruit. Say that with me. Go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So here is Jesus commissioning us. He goes, listen, you didn't choose me. I chose you a long time ago. Before you were even on this planet, I chose you. Do you know he chose you? Every one of you are chosen by God for a specific purpose. Every single one of you, there's nothing you have done that disqualifies you from being chosen by God. You are not an accident. You are called, you are anointed, and you are appointed by God. So he chose you. Man, I'm thinking when I was a little girl, I was always so tiny. And then, you you know when they pick people for like teams, you know, okay, I'm going to pick this person for my team. And and I was always the last one picked because I was this little tiny little peanut. And it's like, I hated that when they picked what team you're going to be on, you know, right? But you know what? God chose us first. I mean, he says, I want that one. Each one of us are chosen by God. We're not, we're not the leftovers that you have to take us. No, we're chosen by God. We are appointed by God. He has a plan for our lives. Come on. He chose you. He, anointed, he appointed you to do what? To go and bear fruit. You know, he's, this was his plan all along, was for you to be fruitful. For you to be fruitful. You know, um, we, when we think of John 15, 16, this is actually one of my favorite verses because I think of so many times we don't do something because we think, oh, somebody can do it better. So we just step aside and we don't get into the game of life and we don't do those things that God's called us to do because we think somebody else can do it better. But I believe today we're going to look at how we can bear fruit. So first of all, we bear fruit. You know, we're all called to bear fruit, but we bear fruit by loving God or abiding in God. What does that mean to abide in God? I'm gonna give you a couple definitions of it. It means to remain, to sit with God, to dwell with God, to be present with God. You can't bear fruit apart from God. We're gonna look at John 15, four through five, it says, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I him, him, you shall produce much fruit, not just a little fruit. So if you want to find fulfillment and significance. You're like, first, it begins with you abiding with Jesus Christ. I love this phrase. It says, abide in me and I in you. That's telling you that there's an exchange of conversation. There's an exchange of communication with God. It's I in him and he in me. God wants to exchange your weakness for his strength. God wants to take out fear and put faith. When there's an exchange of abiding in Jesus Christ, he's our source. He's our source and we engraft ourselves with him and we rest in him and we seek him and we rest in him. You know what that's like? It's a trusting that God's, you got me. Rest in God today. Rest in his presence. 
Let him shape you and mold you. Let him cultivate in you the desires that he wants to put inside of you. When we abide in Jesus, there's, a, there's an exchange in, of his nature with our nature. It's saying, God, if, is there any area in my life you want to prune? When you, when you have a grape, a grape um, or any tree, actually, they prune the branches in order for it to grow more. So many times in our life, it's in this abiding with Jesus that we let him work on us. It's not that we are trying to get approval from God. No, we want to be more like him so that we can be more effective in this world. So we say, God, is there an area of my life you want to prune? Is there an attitude you want to change? Is there a person you want me to forgive? Because, man, life is hard sometimes, and we can get crusty. Maybe there's been some hard things you've had to face. And what it does sometimes, it'll, it'll put a... Put a hardness on your heart. And man, when your heart's hard, you can't receive from God. But when we abide with him and we remain and we say, God, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to stay connected to you. God can soften our hearts so that when the seed that he wants to plant, it can take root and it can bear fruit. Is there an area of your life that you've allowed to get hard. Hey, we all have them. And you know what? And you think, why is it not fruitful? Because seed can't penetrate a hard ground. But God's saying, come, abide in me. Let, me. let me give you forgiveness. Let me help you forgive. Let me love on you. Sit down long enough to receive from me. You know where I get, my struggle is busyness. I could just, you know, spend 15,000 plates and God said, no, wait, hey, what about me? Just settle in who God is. And man, sometimes in the resting is when the, when the much fruit is produced. Let's abide in him. Hey, you know, that's a wonderful, and I believe God wants us to grow and he wants, to, he wants the fruit of the spirit to be cultivated. That's where it's cultivated, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all cultivated in the abiding with God. But it was never meant just for us. No, we can come to church and we can receive and we can worship God and we can hear a good word and we can leave this place motivated. But if it stops there, you're missing the real fruitfulness that God has for you. And that is to take what God's done in you and see it in other people's lives that they can experience the same freedom that you have. Where has God set you free? Somebody else needs that. Where have you had fear and, and you need faith? Somebody else needs that. Where have you had a need and God met it? Somebody else needs their need met. And God wants to use you and I to bring life and hope to people because what they need more than anything in this world is they need to know that God loves them. Come on. Come on. God needs us to love people. We bear fruit when we love other people. We, we bear fruit when we love other people. Let's look at this. John 15, 12, another scripture in John 15. We are camping on this chapter. It's such a good chapter. 
Remember, it's God's instructing us before he's going to the cross and he's given us a job to do. He said, Jesus commissioned us at this point and said, uh, no, he said, I'm sorry, this is my command that you love one another. And, but then it goes on to say, as I have loved you. So we're just not called to love one another. We're called to love others as God has loved you. Where has God loved you? Where has he's changed you? Where has he helped you? Where has he answered your prayers? I think of my life, man, God healed me of cancer. God healed me of an eating disorder. God set me free from fear. Man, there's so much that God has done in me. Guess what? He wants you then to put that in somebody else because they need the same exact thing that God is doing in you. It's not just meant for you, but no, it's meant, that seed's meant to go in the ground in the life of others, and that seed is meant to produce life and an orchard of righteousness in people's lives. We're all called to be farmers in the field of God. Do you know you're a farmer? It's not a, a glamorous thing to be a farmer. I'm a farmer. No, no, we're all called to be farmers in the field of God. What does a farmer do? They plant seed. They, they work the field, they cultivate that soil, they water that seed. That's our job as a farmer. Does the farmer, does the farmer, is the farmer's job to make the crop grow? No, he just plants the seed, he waters the seed. There's nothing that will grow if it's never planted. If we're gonna be fruitful, we must be seedful. We've got to plant the seed, okay? And that's our job is to plant the seed of God and to water the seed of God. And so we are to be good farmers of the field. Our field is the world. But sometimes when we think of, oh, it's so big, I'm going to farm the world, I'm going to go to Africa. No, our greatest field is your sphere of influence. The greatest field that you are to work and that you're to plant seed is your sphere of influence. What's your sphere of influence? Your children, your family your coworkers, all those, we're planting seed. Do, do you realize 90% of people come to Christ not through, through a televangelist and Billy Graham and you know, um, a big billboard on the, you know, on the side of the road that says, you know, turn or burn, no. 90%, I want you to get this, 90% of people come to Christ through a personal invitation, 90%. Come to Christ through a personal invitation. And that's our field. And God wants us to be effective in the field he's given us. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Sometimes you plant, sometimes you water. What does that look like really? It means really to be available available for God to use. Are you available for God to use? And secondly is obedient. When he tells you to tell somebody about Jesus or meet a need, you do that. That's where we become effective in, in, in the field of God. I think of that, you know, several, um, actually three years ago, God had prompted on my heart to, um, to become relicensed to be a respiratory therapist. This was way before the pandemic. And um, so I spent a year getting ready to go, you know, to become 
go back to work in the hospital. And it didn't even make sense to me. The only reason I wanted to do it was because my sister, she's a twin, she got, um, she ended up going to the hospital. She was in the ICU for three weeks. And so I was with my sister, the twin, her twin and me, we spent three weeks with my sister who was dying on the ventilator. And I realized what a ministry it was to be in the hospital. And God said to me, would you go back? And it took me a year to really prepare myself because I didn't want to go back to work in the hospital and not know what I was doing. So, so I really worked on doing that. And it was a hard year for me because it's like, why am I even doing this? But God just kept prompting me to do it. And so, so, and so I ended up applying for a job in, this, in the summer before the pandemic. And I get hired in January. And then the, the week of the orientation was the week in March when everything shut down. And I found myself on the front lines of a pandemic. You know, it was just obeying. Did I know? Did I want a pandemic? No, but I was available and I was obedient to the voice of God. And sometimes that obedience is hard and sometimes it's difficult. It's like, why are you having me do this, Lord? But he knew that I was going to get to pray for people in the hospital. He knew that I was going to lay hands on sick. He knew that maybe I was going to be the only one that told them that Jesus loved them. And I find myself right in the middle of history by just being available. Come on. God wants us all. He said, hey, are you available? Are you obedient? Come on. It just takes one step to meet a need. Pray for someone. Pray for someone. Be obedient. Maybe they're in darkness. You're going to bring light into them. Maybe they need encouragement. You're that encouragement. Be that for in someone's life. That one seed you may plant, you never know what that one seed is gonna do. And I'm gonna share a personal story with you. It happened to me several years ago. Um, I was a, a mom, my kids were all in elementary school. And I remember that morning just saying, God used me today. Just a simple prayer, God used me today. And, um, and so I had 40 minutes to go work out because I like to work out. And so I thought, should I go work out today? Should I not work out today? And, and so I went, I had, okay, I'm gonna work out 40 minutes. I'm just gonna go in there. I'm gonna do the elliptical and I'm gonna leave. And I get on my elliptical, and right next to me is a guy. I mean, literally, I mean, now, now with social distancing, we don't do this, but he, he literally is really close to me. And so, so he's, um, he's working out, and he's so intent, and he's reading the Bible. And he's just, he's just working out, and I tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> Typical me, you know. Um, I'm just nosy, okay. Uh, and so I tap him on the shoulder, and I go, hey, what are you reading? And he goes, I goes oh, he goes, he goes, I'm reading the Bible. And I go, oh, I said, I, said, uh, I said, why are you reading the Bible? He goes, well, I'm so depressed. And my mom sent me this Bible. I don't even know what I'm reading. And I said, oh, I said, I prayed this morning that God would use me. And you are who I'm supposed to tell about Jesus. <laughs> front door. <laughs> front door. <laughs> I went right to that front door. You know, I was like, I have 40 minutes. This is it. I may never, I may never see him again, but I'm going to tell him about Jesus because I know the truth. And I know what Jesus did for me. And I don't want to waste a moment. So I told Peter De La Rosa about Jesus. And he was a personal trainer. He was showing me some tips. And, but I said, 
Peter, would you come to church? And so, and so I didn't lead him to Jesus at that point. I was just planting, planting seed. His mom, I, I, she planted it. I watered it. And he ended up coming to church. And, and I made him sit on the front row. How many times have I made you sit on the front row? I made him sit on the front row. My husband leads him to Jesus. And he was weeping as he came in the sanctuary. Because the presence of God is so powerful. He ends up coming to Christ. He ends up helping my boys with, he's a wrestler, my boys were wrestlers. He, and so I'd make him come to the practice with the boys and we discipled him on the road, you know. Um, but man, just, just loved on him and um, loved him. He loved my boys and we loved him. And, he, and I ended up getting him a job because I'm a chief networker and I got him a job as a wrestling coach at my boys' high school. And, and, um, and then he just was so in love with Jesus and all he wanted to do was tell everybody else about Jesus because Jesus had changed his life. And so he ended up being a wrestling coach and, every, and, and now he is one of the top leaders in, in fellowship of Christian athletes nationally. From one seed came a harvest. From one seed, many can be changed. And one of my greatest joys is every, most birthdays, I should say, not every birthday, Peter De La Rosa will call me on the phone, weeping, saying thank you, tapping me on the shoulder, and asking me awkwardly, and telling you awkwardly that I prayed for you this morning. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be eloquent. You just gotta be available. You just gotta be available. Think about your sphere of influence right now. I want you to think about it. Who's in it? Who needs Jesus? Who needs Jesus? Let me tell you, we are living in a day and an hour that is unprecedented. There's so much fear. There's so much darkness. There's so much confusion. Do you know we have what this world needs? You have what this world needs. And we need to see that your role and my role is just as important as everyone else's. I believe as we look in the sanctuary right now, every seat is going to be filled because we're going to reach our sphere of influence. We're going to tell them about the great hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. We're going to tell them that who is, God has set you free. He wants to set them free. And I believe we're going to see such a harvest. Jesus says the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. He just needs laborers. And we are the laborers and say, God, here I am. Use me. Will you stand with me this morning? Let the worship team come in. Uh, come up. I just want to challenge you this morning. You are vital. You want to be fulfilled in your life? Money can't satisfy you. A championship football game, which I love, Super Bowl, it's coming up. But that victory is short-lived. You 
want to buy your house and you have your house and you own several properties and thinking that's going to satisfy, it never does. You're thinking, I have the perfect, I find the perfect husband and we'll have the perfect marriage and it never satisfies fully. All that satisfies, our significance comes in playing a part in building His church and building the kingdom of God. And I'm gonna ask you a question this morning. Do you wanna do your part? Do you want to be that great farmer? Do you want to say, God, here I am, use me. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? Come on, let me tell you, this is the greatest fulfillment you will ever have. Chip Cadman, I was praying for you this morning. called you he's called you to make a difference in this world Kimmy you've been through a rough year God's called you to be light Darlene you want God to work in you He's doing a deep work in you, why? Because he's called us all. Olivia, you're called by God for purpose. Jaden, you don't here just to exist. We're all called with a purpose. And I feel the Lord is compelling us to get in the field, to start planting the seed we are on the verge of a supernatural harvest. And we are all called to produce life in others. And I wanna pray for you this morning. I want you to lift your hands really high. Jesus, we say, here we are, use us. We will not allow the enemy no longer to steal and rob the seed that you intended for us to plant. Father, I pray right now that you will do what only you can do. God, use us. Here we are, use us, God. We want you to use us in a world that is so dark and dying and full of fear. God, we wanna be light in the midst of darkness. We wanna be your ambassadors. We wanna be a light. We want people to see, I wanna be like her because there's Jesus in us, Father. Reproduce your life in us and through us, God. We give you permission to have your way in us, God. Lord, areas you wanna change, do it. Do it, God. Lord, areas that we have allowed to be hardened, soften us, God. We repent this morning. God, have your way in us. God, use us. We're available and we're gonna be obedient. And we thank you, God, that, you, that our lives are significant and we're gonna be fruitful. We're gonna bear fruit and fruit that's gonna remain in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. And come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, oh, I want to keep your eyes closed this morning. You're here and you've heard about Jesus 
that He died for you and He's called you, each one of us. And I believe there are people here, you're, you have not made a commitment to Jesus this morning, but He's calling you. He's saying, hey, I love you. I got a plan for your life. Can you just trust me? That your plan is not as good as I have. And you have to, and you wanna make that commitment to follow Jesus this morning. I wanna pray for you. This is the beginning of a great life for you. Would you raise your hand? I wanna pray for you this morning. All over this room, I see that hand all over. Come on, several hands, come on. All over this room, come on. Okay, right now, Father, you see every hand lifted in this place. Will you pray this prayer with me together, all of us together? Say, Jesus, I thank you that you have a plan for my life. I thank you you died for me so that I could have new life in you. God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you control. Forgive me. Deliver me and set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com and click give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.